Welcome to God's Playbook with your host, Father Rico Passero. Let's play ball. Friends, welcome back to God's Playbook. Today we talk about the universal prayer, or what's also known as the prayer of the faithful. This is the part of the liturgy of the word that immediately follows the creed, whether it's the Nicene or Apostles' Creed. And so our posture as we are standing, as we are unified in prayer, as we offer these prayers to God. The universal prayer or prayer of the faithful is the part where we, the people of God, respond in some sense to the word of God, which we have received in faith. We offer prayers to God for the salvation of all people. Normally in prayer, in our own lives, we might be praying for ourselves, those we love, and those we know. But the universal prayer of the church helps us to focus on not just the local and personal needs of our community, but the global needs of the world, of the church, etc. We often follow our particular structure when composing the prayer of the faithful. This is the part that is done by every single parish, whether it's the parish priest, the pastoral team, or perhaps a liturgy committee member. The prayer of the faithful is structured in such a way that it begins with the needs of the church, always asking that the Holy Spirit be its head. The head of the church is not Pope Francis or some human being. The head of the church is the Holy Spirit who continues to guide us. So we pray for the needs of the church, usually on a global perspective. Then we often say prayers for public authorities and for the salvation of the world. So again, much bigger than our own local parish needs. Then we pray for those who are burdened by any kind of difficulty, those who are sick, those who are troubled, those who are struggling, those who are poor. Whatever the need might be, we offer prayers for these groups of people as well. And then we also pray for the local community. And this is where we can get right down to the parish level of what we need to be praying for. What's also important to note is that we always pray for those who have died at every single Mass. A few times in my priesthood, I've heard people say, Father, it's always depressing. Every time I go to Mass, we're always talking about somebody who's died. That's depressing. Pardon, I said? I thought it was a joke. It's not depressing. We have a responsibility to pray for those who have died, and it's the beauty of the life that is to come, that we on earth can help those who have already passed on and await the kingdom, whether they're in purgatory or heading towards heaven. They need our prayers, and when they're there, they're praying for us. This is what the communion of saints is. So needless to say, as we see in the outline that the church gives to us, while we can be creative in our own wording and what exactly we're praying for, we do need to follow this protocol or these criteria to make sure that we're not just praying for the people in my parish, that we're not just praying for the people in my province or country, we're actually praying for the needs of the world. So things that we hear on the news, when there's a tropical storm somewhere or a tidal wave, when there's a natural disaster, an earthquake, or countries battling against another country, 
helping right now in our prayers for the people of Ukraine, that there be peace in places of in Africa and through other parts of the Middle East. When we pray for those who feel alone and isolated, those who are homebound, those in our hospitals. Sometimes we mention people by name, especially if it's a family member or friend in the community or perhaps one that lives outside of our community. We might name them by name. When we think of the deceased, we always pray for the deceased members of our own parish family and then also people who are outside of our parish community and sometimes people that we don't even know that might be popular names in pop culture. They too should be prayed for, athletes, actors, etc., etc. These are important people to pray for because everyone needs our prayers, those we know and those we know perhaps by name. And then we often pray for those who have no one to pray for them. That's so important. The souls in purgatory, the sick who are forgotten, who do not have family members or friends who might be praying for them. It's so important to realize that we are praying for people outside of those who share our own DNA. So this is so beautiful and important. In particular celebrations such as weddings, funerals, confirmations, first communion masses, they can be a little more structured and focused on the people present or the fact of the deceased person if it's a funeral, as an example. But on Sunday Mass, we have to have a global approach that becomes more and more localized as we move through the universal prayer of the church. The priest or the presider or celebrant, if in case if it's a bishop, always leads with a prayer. And then again, if a deacon is present, he has the particular role of professing the universal prayer, of leading us in that prayer. If no deacon is present, then again, it should not be the priest or the bishop that leads the prayer of the faithful, but rather the lay people. So again, the role of the deacon is to represent these groups of people who might be marginalized, forgotten, etc. But how vital it is for us, friends, to ensure that indeed the church globally is prayed for and all people have someone to pray for them. So that's also helpful for us to know that wherever we live, there are people in other parts of the world praying for us, even though they don't know us as the body of Christ. And we have a responsibility to pray for them too. The poor kids in Africa that we see on those 1-800 commercials of sending money to feed them, the people that are living life in a similar parish to us across the world, or perhaps family members or friends overseas. We lift them up at every single Mass, just like we lift all of our deceased family members and friends at every single Mass. After the particular prayer is said, there is always a response. So the leader says the actual prayer, and then we respond. Usually after they say the words, we pray, or we pray to the Lord. Often responses might be, Lord, hear our prayer, Lord, have mercy, Lord, hear us, give us this day our daily bread. There's many different responses that we can have. But again, at Mass, we're not just to stand there stoically while the universal prayer of the church is prayed. Each of us, after each stanza is said, we too should say, we pray to the Lord. Whether we know these people, whether we're aware of this thing we're praying about, whether we're passionate about the intention or perhaps a little lax in it. 
It is our obligation, our responsibility, our joy to pray for one another. And then at the very end, once again, the priest concludes, or bishop concludes with a concluding prayer, trusting that God always listens to our prayers and that he will answer the prayer according to his will. It's not always what we want, but it's always what God wants, trusting that God always has our best interest in mind and that God knows what is best for us and that we can pray that the hearts of those people whose hearts are hardened would be softened so that each of us, myself, yourself included, friends, may be more godlike and think, act, and speak like God does. So the universal part and prayer of the church is so important as it concludes officially the liturgy of the word, the first half of the mass before we slide into the liturgy of the Eucharist. So let us be attentive during the universal prayer or prayer of the faithful. Let us truly offer our needs, those that we speak aloud, and also hopefully your parish allows for you to also pray from the silence of your hearts, that whatever we bring to the altar, God hears us when we spend time in prayer. Lord, thank you for the gift of prayer, especially these intercessory prayers as we pray for others. May you grant our prayers according to your most holy will. During the week, friends, the universal prayer of the church should also be celebrated on Monday to Saturday, but it is optional. And so in some parishes, if you belong to one that doesn't pray, the, the universal prayer of the church, it may be omitted during the week, but once again is highly encouraged. So let us continue to pray for one another, both on the weekend mass and in our daily prayers, as we are sometimes pointed in the direction of things that are well beyond us. For God's Playbook friends, I'm Father Rico. God loves you, and so do I. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting us using any of our affiliate links in the description below via Budsprout, Ko-Fi, or GoFundMe. Thanks, and God bless.